Since we are in the middle of baseball season, I want to tell you about a minor league manager named Josh O'Reilly. It seems that uh, years ago, Josh was the manager of the San Antonio uh, Missions. And that year, the Missions were having a very successful season. As a matter of fact, all nine of their starting players were batting over 300, and it became the consensus of almost every sports writer and fan that this would be their year, that they were destined for the league championship this year, that year. But then disaster struck. Suddenly, without explanation, the entire team fell into a slump, and their bats turned cold. The once-inspired team lost 17 of their next 20 games, and the players became increasingly discouraged and convinced that they were jinxed. The team lost confidence in themselves, and now their thoughts were focused on defeat rather than victory. But then the manager heard about this traveling evangelist who was preaching in the area. And crowds of people were gathering around to hear this evangelist's sermons. And it was widely broadcast that he could perform miracles. So a light went off in, in O'Reilly's mind. And he grabbed every single baseball bat in the dugout and went off to hear this evangelist whose name was Slater. When he returned, O'Reilly announced to his team that each and every one of the team's bats had been personally blessed by Reverend Slater. And now they were assured of success. And lo and behold, what O'Reilly predicted came true. A miraculous turnaround took place. The team became inspired and, and went on to defeat Dallas for the league championship. And for years, baseball players paid handsome sums of money just to get their hands on a Slater bat. One of those bats that were blessed by the traveling evangelists. Now, what do you think about that true story? Do you imagine that if you had a baseball bat that was blessed by Reverend Slater or perhaps Billy Graham or someone like that, that you could hit a ball better than you could normally hit one? Uh, or perhaps maybe if you owned a violin and it was blessed by Mother Teresa or someone like that, do you think it would sound any sweeter than it would before? That may depend on what you believe about the blessing. Which brings me to the thought that maybe it's the belief and not the blessing itself that makes the difference. Recently, it was revealed that more than 60% of all doctors sometimes prescribe placebos for their patients. So what's that all about? A pill with, with no known medicinal pri uh, properties to it, but the doctors are prescribing them anyway. Why? Well, when people believe that a pill is supposed to work, sometimes it does work. Even though it has no real medicinal value. But first, you have to believe. Years ago, there was an experiment with 
with two groups of patients who were in pain, and both of the groups were told that they would receive morphine for their pain. But only one group received it, and the other group received only sugar water. But here's the amazing thing. Both of the groups experienced relief from their pain. Even those on sugar water experienced relief, even though there was no physical reason why they should. So first, you have to believe. In one of his books on the mind-body connection, Dr. Bernie Siegel reports that beliefs can, can even change the color of a person's eyes. How do we know that? Well, scientists have studied people with multiple personalities, and it's astounding. When the brain tells them to change personality, it also changes their biochemistry, and even the color of their eyes sometimes change as they switch from one personality to another. It's kind of weird, huh? And this is why voodoo witch doctors are said to have such power. People can have their heartbeat affected by believing that a hex has been put on them. And if they believe it strongly enough, their heart can even stop. But first, you have to believe. My friends, the power of belief can help us achieve some amazing things. And basically, this is what Dr. Norman Vincent Peale was teaching 50 years ago. There is power in positive thinking, and there is power in positive thinking. Some of you who are football fans may remember when Northwestern University shocked the sports world by going to the Rose Bowl. It was back in 1995, and nobody believed that the most academically demanding and smallest school of the Big Ten could compete for a conference championship. Nobody believed it, that is, except for the coach of Northwestern. And he believed it so much that even before the season began, he ordered a Tournament of Roses flag to be hung in the football building. And he kept a silk rose on his desk to remind him of the team's objective that nothing would do until they got to the Rose Bowl. At their very first meeting, he told his players that the only thing they needed to do to get to the Rose Bowl was to believe. And he reiterated that challenge at every meeting after that. And that's exactly what they did. The power of belief can help us achieve amazing things. Franklin Delano Roosevelt governed this nation from a wheelchair. When he came down with polio at the age of 39, a battle erupted between his overly protective mother who wanted him to give up his dreams and, and just live out his life the best he could and his wife, Eleanor, who encouraged him to do everything he could. Only his legs were affected, she argued, not his brain, not his spirit. And so for the next seven years, FDR threw himself into his recovery. He spent all of his time exercising and exploring new cures. He dreamed of the day that he would be able to walk again unaided. And that day never happened. But still he believed that he could achieve great things. And he did. He 
he turned to politics. And in those days, people were, were not as accepting of people with disabilities as they are now. And so in order to, not to be perceived as handicapped, he had his steel braces painted black. He wore his trousers long to hide his braces when he sat down. And he had wheels put on a, a kitchen chair so that he could avoid being seen in a wheelchair. He trained his sons and then later Secret Service agents to support him so that he could appear as if he were standing up straight. He had ramps built and elevators installed in buildings where he worked. And as president, he had an informal agreement with photographers that no one would shoot him in an undignified position. And if anyone did, Secret Service would confiscate their film. Obviously, with today's more contentious press, Roosevelt could never have deceived the public like he did back then. But the point is that he believed. He believed that he could succeed in spite of the difficulties of his condition. And he did. People who believe and who don't give up can achieve amazing things. Ever since she was a little girl, Tara Holland dreamed of becoming Miss America. In 1994, she entered the Miss Florida contest and won the title of first runner-up. She tried again in 1995, and once again, she won the title of first runner-up. Tara was tempted to, to give up, but she remained focused on her goal. And then in 1997, she moved to Kansas and entered the Miss Kansas contest, and she won that pageant. And later that year, she was crowned Miss America. A reporter asked her if she was nervous walking down that runway in front of the millions of people who were watching her on TV. And Tara responded by saying, no, not at all. I wasn't nervous at all. Because you see, I've walked down that runway thousands of times before. And in her mind, she had. She was prepared for that. She believed that one day she would achieve her goal. But first, she had to believe. And the power of belief can help us to achieve some amazing, amazing things. However, the flip side of that is true as well. And this is something we need to hear just as importantly today. And that is that believing in things that are not true can make us do some pretty silly things. History is full of stories of people who have done some, some crazy things because of their misguided beliefs. John Sims was a decorated military officer who fought for the United States in the War of 1812. And then he retired from the military, so he, he should have lived a fulfilling life from that day forward. Except one day he got an interesting notion in his head and he decided that the earth was hollow. Now, other people had postulated a hollow earth before, but, but Sim's reasoning was particularly interesting. He reasoned that God would create hollow planets because he decided that God was frugal and that the Lord would not waste so much matter making solid planets when he could just as easily make planets hollow so that people could live in the center of them. Where he got that idea about God, only God knows. I don't know. 
But with this thought in mind, Sims tried for years to raise money for an expedition that would enter the, the hollow earth at the South Pole and then come out at the other end at the North Pole. And Sims actually found support for his theory in Congress. Imagine that. A place where it is thought many nutty ideas have found support. But he got the support. And he raised the money. And so in 1829, two ships set off for the South Pole to prove that the earth was hollow. Unfortunately, they were never heard from again. I don't know, maybe they're in the middle of the earth somewhere, huh? <laughs> the point is that people are amazing. People will believe just about anything, particularly if it comes from an authority figure, like a radio talk show host or a TV anchorman. People will believe just about anything. Back in 1976, British astronomer Patrick Moore announced on the BBC that Exactly at exactly 9.47 the next morning, Pluto would pass behind Jupiter and this alignment of the planets would result in a stronger gravitational pull from Jupiter. And this, he said, would counteract the Earth's own gravitational pull and make people here on Earth temporarily weigh less. What do you think about that? Pretty good diet diet plan, isn't it? He told listeners that they would weigh less for just, just a short period of time at 9.47 the next morning, and he told them that they could experience this astronomical phenomenon by jumping up in the air at precisely 9.47, and they would feel this strange floating sensation. Well, at 9.47 the next morning, the BBC began to receive hundreds of telephone calls from listeners who claimed that they had felt this sensation. There was one lady who called and said that she had been seated, seated around a table with 11 other people and that all 11 of them and the table itself began to float around the room. And one lady said that, that she had gone up so, so rapidly that she bumped her head on the ceiling. However, if the callers did indeed experience this floating sensation, it must be chalked up to the power of suggestion since the pull of gravity remained quite constant throughout the entire day. Be careful what you believe, my friends. The power power of belief is indeed a powerful thing and it can help you to achieve some amazing things but it can also cause you to do some pretty silly things and just because you believe it doesn't make it true and people who believe the wrong things have done a lot of damage in our world and truth be told, there's only one thing that you can really and truly believe in that will transform your life and transform this world. And that is that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life. There it is, my folks. The Apostle John concludes our lesson for today with these words. 
Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Did you hear that? By believing in Christ, you can have life in his name. Abundant life. Eternal life. Life that is meaningful and fulfilling. Life with purpose and with power. That's the kind of life that Jesus has come to bring to each and every one of us. And we can have that kind of life if we will only believe. Some of you will remember some of the Peanuts cartoons in which Linus clung to his security blanket. In one of those cartoons, Linus tells Charlie Brown, When I hear those coyotes howling at night, it totally depresses me and I start to feel lonely and then I get scared. And so Charlie Brown looks at Linus and says, I thought holding on to that blanket made you secure. And Linus replied, I think the warranty has run out. (laughs) That's what Linus believed. He believed his blanket would protect him. But it didn't give him much comfort when he was confronted with a a real and concrete fear. And there are a lot of beliefs that are like that. For example, this year, many of us have been shaken in our faith of our economic system. We've always known that there are ups and downs, but this economic crisis took most of us by surprise and, uh, and, and most of us never believed it could happen the way it has. And how often have we discovered that people that we thought that we could believe in and trust have betrayed us? What can we believe in? Who can we believe in? Who will see us through every time of Through every need of our life. Only one, my friends. And that is Jesus of Nazareth. Belief in Jesus can transform our lives and give us strength that we need to tackle any task that we have. It's simply a matter of trusting in him. Vernon Armitage, in his book titled Living Life to the Max, tells about his first speedboat ride. He was a kid. He was just kind of hanging around the dock when Charlie, a family friend, told him to jump in the boat. Well, Vernon was, was excited at first until the boat actually took off. And, and this was the first time he'd ever been on a boat like this. And he, he noticed that the boat would kind of go like this through the water. It'd go every which way other than the way he thought it should go. And, uh, and this scared him. He thought his life was over and they were buzzing it down the lake and, and, and he found himself sitting in the bottom of the boat, scared to death. But then Vernon began to think and he decided that Charlie was a good friend of their family and he'd known Charlie all of his life and, and, and uh, or Charlie had known him all of his life. And so he began to, to feel that he could trust Charlie not to do anything that would hurt him. 
And before the boat ride was over, Vernon was up in the seat yelling and screaming and having a great time with everybody else. And it wasn't so much that he had developed such a, a great bit of courage in this short period of time. No. It was because he knew that he could trust Charlie. And that's the way it is with Jesus. We believe in Jesus. And if we truly trust in him, and if we turn over to him all of our cares and all of our concerns, then we can have new life. We can have new hope and new confidence. For you see, He is the Lord of our lives. He is the one sent from God to transform our world and to transform our lives. And so we can trust in Him. And we can obey Him. And we can follow Him precisely because we believe Him. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, says John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Would you believe that today? Would you put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ today? It is what you need to do to have abundant life. And these are written that you might believe. Amen.